Everyone doing good? Everyone believing this morning in the name of Jesus? I'm believing for good things. I, I really am. I'm believing that God is going to move. Um, Pastor Andy today is speaking in a church up in London. Um, he's doing great things, isn't it? I love this, that, that as uh, we're here, Pastor Andy's on the move, carrying the gospel as well. Isn't that awesome? That, and also Pastor Gina this morning is sharing live on the uh, online church as well. So we're broadcasting everywhere in England, across the world, and I love it. It's awesome. Um, who enjoyed last week? The celebrating, that was awesome, right? That was a big, wild party. I loved it. I had too much coffee. Thank you, the Eritreans. Whoop, whoop. I, I, they, they provided a, an abundance of coffee, and I uh, kind of sat there for too long, um, and I loved it. It was great. I really did. Everyone was like, you can't have another one. I was like, no, they were encouraging me. They were like, yeah, that's what we do. We keep drinking. I was like, this is brilliant. No judgment. But it was good, it was great, and what, I loved it, because there was food from all over, you know, the Filipinos bringing all the food, I loved it, it was great, English food, it was just such a great community of people that we are, we are one big family from all over the world, aren't we, when you look around, I just love it, I love, I love who we are, and uh, what, you know, what we stand for, who, and our cultures, and everything that makes us who we are. And so last week we had a little break from our series. We, we've been in this series about our values, we are. And we've been looking at different things about our values. So the first one was we are Christ-centered. Everyone remember that one? We then looked at we are commissioned. Then we looked at we are empowering. We are disciples. And then Pastor Gina finished on we are Bible-believing. Then we had our little break. And this week I'm going to speak on we are spiritual. This is one of those where people go, oh, spiritual. Oh, it's going to get a bit weird. Could be. I don't know could do you never know what's going to happen with me up here Whew, we trust Jesus for that one but we are spiritual um, and you know what we're just going to pray because I just really just want God to do what he wants to do I don't want myself to get in the way of what Jesus wants to do so Jesus I just thank you that this is you moving on your people Lord I pray father the words that are spoken are exactly as you need them to be spoken Lord I pray that your word would go forth and do exactly what it's meant to do father I believe for healing for freedom for victory in people's lives this morning like never before, Father. I'm believing for a supernatural move. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would move and ascend on your people. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. So I'm going to start with a little story. Is, is, have you ever, I'm going to ask a question actually, had someone teach you something and you've never really understood it? Any hands in here? Yeah, many of us, right? Yep. We've all probably experienced that. For me, I'm going to tell a little story of when I was in school. Most of you know I was terrible in school. Didn't like most of the lessons. But um, often you'll hear people say, oh, you're either better at maths. I hear, I've heard it, you're either someone who enjoys maths more or English more, right? You know, like, oh, you either prefer words or numbers. I wasn't even good at any of them, to be honest with you. I kind of just, like, didn't really listen. But I kind of pushed near towards maths. Like, when maths was on, I was a little bit more of a numbers person. I kind of understood it a bit more. But there was this day... That I'll never forget that frustrated me more than anything when my maths teacher decided to bring letters into the maths class and I was like, nah, you're, you're, this is ridiculous now. I tried getting away from English and here's this on the board, algebra. No, is what I thought. That's what I literally felt like saying, no, like I'm not doing this. God's done a work in me, don't worry. I would sit there and listen now in obedience. But back then I was just like... I'll, I wasn't, I wasn't able to understand, you know, there, there was things like the thing that she would ask, my teacher would say things like AX plus B equals C, and I'm like, what on earth is that? Like, you're making it up, is what I thought, you were literally just making this up. You've woke up this morning, thought, I haven't done a lesson plan, let's just throw a load of this together, and like, that'll do. 
That's what it felt like. Like AX plus B, that's just like, this is illogical. I know it is logical, and I know that there is a subject, but in my mind, I just couldn't understand it. And I was like, no, it's baffling me. Um, and, and, and even like the things that she would say about like the equations, well, it is what, whatever you want it to be to make the equation, things like this. And I was just thinking, like, I often would be like, this is illogical. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and again, I would often say, brilliant. And I would switch off. Anyone else, when you, when you, when you get to that place where it's like, you, you don't understand it, you, my, my mind started like often daydreaming about other stuff, you know, fishing, usually, fishing, I can't wait to go there, do a bit of fish. Like, my mind was gone. The minute she started doing that, I was done. Um, but there's a moment in scripture, and actually there's many, and I want to share one, that I often see a little bit of this. And often when Jesus spoke, you often see people with this kind of perplexed, what's he going on about now kind of thing. Um, and in John 3, 1 to 15, I'm going to read this moment um, with Nicodemus. And you'll be familiar with it, I'm sure. And it says this. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus that night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you are doing if God, not were in, if God was not in him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of uh, it's kingdom of God unless they are born again. Again, it's like the weird response, isn't it? He's already said that you're this teacher, and he's responded with this like thing that's like, what? What are you talking about? It's not even an answer to the question that he's, he's just said. And it goes on to say, how can someone be born when they are old? This is like algebra moment. Nicodemus, Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter into a second time into the mother's womb to be born. Could you imagine the pictures going through his head? He's thinking, oh, no, I've got to get in my mum's womb. That's going to be weird. And it would be weird. Come on, that would be like the worst thing ever. For all of, that, would be, that would be like a horror scene for all of us. You know what I mean? That would be, I'm not even going to go down that road of what that would be like. <laughs> but Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And here's that response from Nicodemus. How can this be? Nicodemus asks. And he goes on to say, and we, for time's sake, we're not going to read it, but he, he goes on to say, you're Israel's teacher. Like, you should know this stuff. And he was. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He should have known all of the things. That he, but the reality is, often, I can relate to Nicodemus. Anyone here who have read the word of God, and you're like, not getting that. Don't understand that. Like, what are you going on about here? You know, like, often it's with me. I have to complete, like, read it, read it, read it. And it just doesn't quite makes sense. And maybe like Nicodemus, again, you can see what he's thinking, right? He's logically trying to work out, how can you get in your mother's womb? He's thinking logically about this thing. But Jesus says this, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. See, when Jesus speaks to us, he's not speaking logic and understanding. He's speaking spirit, and he's speaking life. And so often, like Nicodemus, we can get our kind of thought process into it to try and work, but it isn't going to work. In order for us to have a relationship with God and then understand the things of God, we must first come to the place of spiritual life. Everyone agree that? We need to first come to him, right? And the only way we can do this is by believing in the name of Jesus, the name that saves, the name that brings new life. Natural thinking, human logic, will not bring spiritual understanding. 
That's why you get people trying to work out God and they can't work him out. Why? Because they're trying to get the logic and understanding before understanding that it's not based on that. It comes from believing in faith that Jesus is Lord. Everyone agree with this? We first come to him, believe, and then we start, things start ticking. So I want to talk based on this. I'm going to bring that to an end. Towards the end, I want to bring this to, to a point. And, and the way I want us to work this today is I want this to be practical. I want us to have a moment where the Holy Spirit can do something in our lives. Amen. And um, we're going to do that at the end. But I want to just speak on two things. Two aspects I want to talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Which is, again, spiritual things. The first one is we are sealed by God. Come on, say sealed by God. So Jesus, just as we read earlier, says that you must be born again, not of flesh, but of the Spirit. John 3, 5 and 6, very truly, as I said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So Jesus is saying we must be born of the Spirit. And what is he talking about? Salvation, which is new life and being born again. That moment when you decide, Jesus... I want you. For me, it was in this room 14 years ago, and my life was never the same again. It was a moment that I didn't understand, but I stepped out. And what happened to me was complete freedom and victory from things that were holding me back, addictions, pains. In a moment, the presence of God just entered in, and something shifted in my life. And this is the moment we call salvation. And I love what Paul writes about this in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. He says this, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And we really have to give him the praise for his glory for that. Do you know you're marked If you're marked with God, that means nothing can come against you because you have his presence inside of you. Isn't that awesome that you are marked? That word, when it comes to deposit guaranteeing, it's a down payment. See, what God has done in you, he's marked you with the Holy Spirit and put a down payment on your life to say, you belong to him and now my spirit in you is a sign of this. Come on, we've got to be so thankful for this, that we are marked by God. That means when anything comes against us, yes, things will. We will face trials, tribulations. Come on, everyone in this room is facing that. But we stand by faith saying, no, God has marked me. He who is in me is greater than he is in this world. Come on, we start stirring faith and declaring those things. Amen. (coughs) I should have some water. It's always an awkward moment, isn't it? Ooh, is he going to... I'm out there often looking at it, thinking, oh, is he going to spill it? With me, I probably will. (sighs) Praise God. He's good. So, the Holy Spirit has purchased and redeemed us. um, And that means we now have an eternity with God. And I love that. It's the simple things that we need to be thankful thankful for. That we have now this mark on our life. If we have nothing else, we are saved for eternity. We are redeemed. We are the redeemed people of God. That once walked in darkness, and now we walk in light. And so the Holy Spirit is that mark of redemption. So once the Holy Spirit seals us, now we have him living in us. 
And unlike the natural mind trying to work out the things of the Spirit, we now have the Spirit of God teaching us all things from the inside. Again, like, everyone have that moment, like, when the Spirit comes alive in you, you start to see the Word differently, and you start to think, well, I never saw that before. Anyone had that? Was it just me? Like, where this Word jumps out at you, and it's like, well, where did that come from? It's the Spirit of God that teaches, and John 14, 26 says this, but the advocate, who's the advocate? He's the helper, the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't that awesome? That he not only empowers us with the Spirit, but he gives the Spirit to teach us all things. And he now sits inside of us, this comforter. Come on, we often try to, this is some of the things we want to deal with today. How often do we go for comfort in the world? Trying to get comfort in whatever we can. The comforter lives inside of you. The one who brings ultimate satisfaction and comfort is now resting inside our hearts. So we don't have to go to the kitchen cupboards because I've been there, right? It's easy to do. When you feel down, you open that and you eat and you make yourself feel worse because of comfort eating. I've been there. I've been the person that does it. But you know what? The comfort should be from within, from the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. Amen? And I love this because in John 14, he's speaking about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming to us. And straight after John 14, we enter into those well-known verses of John 15, which is talking about abiding in the vine. Brilliant, like amazing bit of scripture. And John 15 verse 5 says this about, he's speaking of, of Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love that. The remaining is key. The remaining in him is key. Again, the scriptures here are speaking about um, a life continually abiding in connection with the Holy Spirit, a life submitted to the Spirit. Come on, sometimes it's hard to do this, this submission to the Spirit, because why we have this kind of fleshy thing going on inside of us, and we want what we want. And sometimes it is the kitchen cupboard, sometimes it's something on the... T- some, whatever it might be, is this fighting and wrestling inside of us. But Jesus said that if you remain in him and him in you, you will bear much fruit. And I love this. So what is this fruit? This fruit, not fruits, but fruit, singular, we find in Galatians 5, to 23. Remember, this is talking about our salvation. When we are sealed at the beginning of our salvation and we are submitted to the Spirit, the very natural next thing should happen is fruit starting to appear in our life. This is why for me, when I was saved, I came in here aggressive. I was an angry person, not angry, just wanting to hurt people. That's the life I came from. I walked out that day and continued in my journey with God, and I started to love people. No one was telling me to do it. You must love people. But there was something happening on the inside of me, a fruit that I never knew. Love, what is this? I felt like every time I walked past a person on the street, I was like, I needed to do, like homeless people, I needed to do something. Like, my walk from here back home took ages because it was a nightmare of how many homeless people were there. Do you know, to, 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 I lived right down the bottom. I just felt like I needed to do something. I joined the homeless outreach. Why? Because there was this, not someone telling me, but the Spirit of God, the fruit breaking out in me. Love. Come on, anyone else experience that? So this is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Fruit, singular, of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Literally, that means nailed to the cross. Crucified. You've nailed to the cross. The flesh with its passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. There's so much wisdom in that for us today. We need to draw on the Spirit, not looking at others and thinking, well, why are they doing that? Who are they? Who are they thinking they do that? Oh, oh yeah. Have you heard? Enough. It's too much. We are spiritual people who are meant to walk in the fruit of the spirit of love, forbearance, putting up with each other sometimes, because let's be real, we annoy each other. My wife will say amen to that, because I know I annoy her. No, no, I think it's true. But, you know, and like gentleness, self-control, all these things, they're fruit. They're not a law. You must. They are a fruit that comes from submission. You know, a tree bears fruit. Why? Because it's connected to the branch that's connected to the ground and it's producing what it's meant to produce. And there's no force in that. It's just orange tree produces oranges. Simple. Christian, submitted to the Spirit, produces fruit of the Spirit. Come on, anyone got that? It's really quite simple, isn't it? But sometimes we struggle with this. And what I like Paul actually mentions prior to this is in Galatians 5, 16, uh, to 21 he talks about the acts of the flesh and I think this is a really key thing to talk about because it's something that we should see in our lives and realize it's not of God so I say it says walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh it is this battle going on we've all faced that right hands up when you felt that pull either way They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under that law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is living like this? It's practicing such things. It's ignorance of the spirit and just saying, well, no, I don't care. I'm going to continue walking in the ways of the flesh, practicing all these kind of such evils. You know, uh, it's a weird one. and I'm going to say it because I think sometimes sexual morality, I looked up the word in the Greek and it's the word pornia, which is the word where we get porn. See, when we practice such things as watching that, effectively what we're practicing is sexual immorality. And that's an act of the flesh that God doesn't want you practicing because it harms yourself. It harms yourself. And so sometimes we need to realize what we're doing. The enemy is a deceitful enemy. He brings you into a place where you think, oh, no, that's that's all right. That's okay. And little bit by little bit, the works of the flesh are manifesting all over your life. See, a life connected to the Holy Spirit is in submission to his leading on a daily basis. We'll see and develop spiritual fruit and we'll see and develop spiritual fruit in their lives. A life submitted to the natural man will not produce any spiritual fruit. And there's a scripture in Matthew 7, Jesus is speaking about false prophets, and there's a couple verses, but specifically Matthew 7, 20, he says this, you'll recognize them. He says, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. In a person's life, you'll know what they're submitted to, often, even if they're not recognizing it. 
because you'll see the fruit of their life. A, people, a, a person's life is a picture of who they're submitted to. If someone is walking around angry, lustful, jealous, there's a good chance they're not walking in submission to the Spirit. It's as simple. I know this is sometimes really hard to say, I think, oh, I don't like this. This is all under grace. It's just a matter of submitting to his love, submitting to what he's done, accepting his goodness and walking in it. But often when we start turning in our own ways and start delving into things we shouldn't do, we start getting angry, start getting annoyed. Anyone felt that? Start getting fits of rage. Oh, I can't, ah, stop it. You know, you explode all of a sudden. What's happening? That's the flesh creeping up. And we need to realise that it's really simple what we've got to do. Turn and submit to him in love, in grace. Jesus, I love you. I just want you. Connect yourself. Stay connected. Submit to the spirit. Amen? So a person walking in love, kindness, gentleness, etc., you know, there's a good chance they're in step with the Spirit. Just by the way, and again, I'm talking about private life here as well. Only you know that. It's not about what people see in the, out here. Anyone can be. I can be anything up here. I could go home and be a total different person. But I want to be so transparent with my life that I don't hide anything from God. I am at home what I am right here. Because I want my life to be so submitted to the Spirit that my life is just one life, not double life double living, double standards, I'm here, this, that's a nightmare to try and live like that. Always on the watch of making sure you don't oh, react like that there. And, no, 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 just submit to the spirit and let the fruit just develop. It's a matter of acceptance, amen? So this encounter with the spirit, this moment where we get um, the infilling, this infilling moment where we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, that is for every person that puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Every person that calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Come on, isn't that awesome? Lives inside of you, makes home inside of you, and that's where we start getting the advocate, the comforter, one starts speaking to us. But there's also this moment where Jesus says, I will send the promise upon you. And this is slightly different because you see it in Scripture. In John 20, verse 22, I think, there's a moment where the disciples come to him. Jesus has not sent the gift of the Holy Spirit yet to come upon them. And he breathes on them, it says, and they receive the Holy Spirit. But he says, wait until I send the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's two different encounters we can have with the Holy Spirit. Everyone that puts their faith in the name of Jesus receives that indwelling Holy Spirit. But then there's this other moment that we all need. This promise that was foretold by John the John the Baptist in Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist, if you didn't know, was the weird one that wore crazy clothes, ate locusts, just probably didn't really fit in with society, but was a man of God. Um, he said this, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, this is exciting. This is what I want. Holy Spirit and fire. This is the promise. John, the one in the wilderness, calling out, speaking of it. And then in the book of Acts, Acts 1.8, this is where Jesus is just about to ascend and he gives this promise to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power. Come on, say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Come on, Jesus says we'll receive power. That word is that word dynamis. I know you've probably heard it many times. Power, ability, miracle, ruler, an extended meaning of a person or supernatural being who has administrative power. 
God wants to endow you with power. He wants to reside in you as a friend, but he wants to put on you power. Come on. And we see this day of Pentecost. You know, we are a Pentecostal church. Pastor Andy will say that we are a pay. Everyone know that? We're aware we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone aware of this? Awesome, cool. I thought it was just me and I was worried. Acts 2, 1 and 4 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. I love that because this is right here, right now. All together, one place. And suddenly, I love those suddenly moments. A sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw that seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, this is where it starts getting weird. Oh, I knew the Spirit thing would be weird. Like, what's going on here? Fires falling, tongues are speaking. Yeah, it, it, it does sound weird. But again, what I always remind, Nicodemus... Working out your logic, we can't be like that. Spirit and life. We must always remember that we can't sit here and try and work this spirit thing out with our mind. How does that work then? Because I often do. How did the fire fall? How did that? We can't. We have to just step out by faith, right, and trust what God is doing. Here we see the early church being filled with the Holy Spirit and people of God being imparted with the gift of the Spirit. And the gift of the Spirit are different to the fruit of the Spirit, as I said. Fruit is developed through a life submitted to the vine. Gifts are given and received. See, a life submitted to the vine will naturally start to produce fruit. But God's gift to you this morning is an impartation of the Holy Spirit that will set you free and cause where there was fear, there'll be no fear. Where there was a feeling of lack, there'll be a filling in your life. Amen. Does anyone need that? Because I feel like I need that all the time. I feel like I need this, God, fill me. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11, we, we get the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole scripture because I really want us to, together to stand in a minute and, and just press into God and see what God will do because I don't even know and that's what's exciting because we never know, right? We just step out by faith, lift our hands to him and ask. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11, there's the gifts are mentioned and I'll just read them without reading the scripture. It says the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the gift of miraculous powers, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. I love it because they're all gifts. You know, when my child asks for something, often I don't see them worrying how it's going to be worked out. Often they come back with more lists. Oh, can I have this as well? Can I have this? And I'm like, what are you doing? That's too much. Like, but with God, it's not. When we ask for something, he doesn't want you to try and work it out. He just wants to give it to you. He just wants to give his gift to you. Jesus promised that it would come, and our job is to believe that it will, right? So none of these things are to do with us. They're a gift. And this is what we're trying to say, that Family Church, we are spiritual. We want this to be our heart, that we walk in this spiritual way. They're a gift. We just have to be ready to allow the Holy Spirit to access, um, to, spirit access to our lives. We need to submit to the leading in the spirit and pray for the gifts ask for them um, Paul encourages us in 1 Corinthians 14 when he says follow the way of the love and eagerly eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit especially prophecy he's speaking to the Corinthians eagerly desire it come on does anyone eagerly desire to want to see a spiritual gift break out in their life I see a few hands does anyone really want it because if you want it God will give it to you 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying in of my hands. And that's why, you know, we need to sometimes stir within us this gift. Stir it up within us. 
this, this gift that is imparted to us. And we're encouraged to desire the fullness of the Spirit. It says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. We want that in our lives, right? Does anyone else want today just to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit? We're called to have this power fill our lives. Jesus promised this to us, not just to select few. And often people will say this, well, it wasn't for us, it was for those in the early church. It was only for those that were there. The gifts have stopped. But we see in Acts 2, 38 to 39, that this is what Peter said. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord will call. Come on, that's inclusive, right? That's every single person. We are all included in this if we want it. But how do we receive it then? How do we receive? Yes, we believe in Jesus. Yes, I feel I'm sealed by God. Yes, I want to submit to him. But how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? Simply we ask by faith and know that God is faithful to provide. Amen. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Do you know it's God's will that you would walk in such power and authority? Do you remember Peter? Peter, before he received the baptism, what was he like? Cowering Peter. He denied Peter three times. This is, uh, denied Jesus three times. He, this is someone that walked closely for three years with him in the natural, up here. But a moment with the Spirit, and he's outside preaching and 3,000 are saved. What happened? Fear was turned to courage. Why? Because the Spirit's power is greater than the power of human beings. So if you've walked in here today and you're frightened and afraid, be prepared and be expectant for God to break every chain. Amen? If you've walked in here and your thoughts aren't quite right and you know you're walking around and things are just not seen, be prepared for God to make a way. Amen? If you've walked in here where there's been sickness or some kind of thing, be prepared for God to make a way. Amen? Because his spirit will move. Again, the Bible also mentions if we, being good parents, know how to give good things to our children, how much more our Heavenly Father, when we ask of it, you know, who here is a parent? You know, when your kid asks for it, you want to do it, don't you? Sometimes you know you shouldn't, and you think, well, they haven't really behaved that well, but I'm a gift giver, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And my wife's like, why are you doing it? And I'm like, because I just want to. And so little Jerry's in his monster trucks is his thing. He's just forever. He's collecting them. Lovely little monster trucks. And I'm forever in, I think, oh, I probably should. I just want to give him, you know. And, and how much more God wants to pour out his spirit on you today because he sees your inner being. And sometimes he sees that you're crushed on every side, feeling down and feeling like there's no way out. And he wants to baptize you in his Holy Spirit so that you can have that power, that feeling of authority that comes from him. Amen. Can I just give an analogy quickly? Can I, Paula, can you throw me that or pass me that ball? Um, Troy, can I borrow you just for a sec? Can I borrow you just for a sec, mate? Sorry, I didn't tell him this. Sometimes I think when it comes to receiving the Spirit, I also found this ball in that room, so I will put this back. Can you just stand over there, buddy? Thank you. Sometimes when it comes, I heard this analogy recently and I thought it was really good. When it comes to receiving, sorry, mate, I'll, I'll yeah, just chill for a bit. No, I'm just joking. Um, um, So when it comes to receiving something, there's a posture to it. There's a faith element. There's a stepping in. So, Troy, I'm hoping you'll catch this. If you're not, we'll we'll keep trying. So I'm going to throw this to you, and you're going to catch it, right? Yeah, you tried to. But can you see Troy's posture? 
Can you see that he's ready? Can you see this? And I'm throwing it to him, and he's quick. Come on, round of applause. Woo! Pastor Troy. Thank you, Troy. But turn around for me. So often, when we're in a place of wanting to receive the Spirit, our focus isn't even on God. And God is saying, have it. And we ain't in a place to, sorry, Troy, I should have told you I was doing that, but I wanted it to be the, the whole thing. But do you see what I'm saying? We're not ready to, God, I need you, I want you. We're, oh, I need to get that done. I need to get, how can God give you something if your arms aren't open to want to receive it and our focus? We need to be pressing in. We need to, sorry, Troy, you can get down, mate. Thank you, buddy. You can take the ball as well. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Legendary Troy. But we need to have that posture. Amen. We need to have a posture that says, God, I'm leaning in by faith. I'm ready to receive what you have, even if I can't quite see it. Because if our, if, our, if, our, if our back is turned and we're focused on other things, often what God is wanting to do, we'll miss. And we won't receive it the way we should. My story, 14 years ago, I remember when that baptism happened to me. And Ruth, we can take this down if that's okay. I just want to share this quickly. Is I wasn't in a place where I was... I was just worshipping God. And I knew about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd heard about it and I was just pressing in. And I remember it was a ch church on fire, I think is what it used to be called back in the day, a while back. Um, and, and, and I remember sat on the chair and I was just worshipping God because he had changed my life. That God that came in and broke every chain and set me free that not the world couldn't do. And the Holy Spirit fell on me and I was changed forever. The world cannot do this. My logic and understanding could not do this, but God in a moment, the, the Father of all, because I was expectant, because I was wanting it, because I was desperate, because my head was saying, I've done everything else and I just need you, Jesus. Please move. And the Holy Spirit came and my life was never the same again. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, I started speaking in an unknown language. I had no understanding. Jesus started moving and it sounds weird, I know, but God started moving and the gift of the Spirit is real today as it was back then. And so I say for anyone that wants it, if you don't, you don't, but if you want it, I believe God is going to do it for you. So come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Could I just ask for the pastoral team and, and the guys just to come, any of those guys and the leaders and, and, and um, Tonya to come, just, just to be ready. I, I want us to pray for some people and just put our hands on people in, in, in a minute. But before we do that, I just want to pray. Maybe you've not even been sealed and you've not had that moment where you've had a touch from, from Christ and now you feel His Spirit in you. Listen, we're going to pray a short prayer. Now, you can respond by just lifting your hand when I say amen. And, and that's a simple sign of you surrendering to God. So why don't you just repeat this after me, church. Jesus, I believe in you. That you died on the cross and rose for me. I put my faith in you. I lay my own understanding down. And I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit come in me. Amen.
listen, if, if, if you've prayed that for the first time, just eyes closed just for a moment. So this is just a private moment between you and God. Can you just raise your hand? Is there anyone here? There's a hand at the back. Is there any, anyone else? Any other hands at all that, 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 you know you need a touch from God. You know you need to get in alignment with God. Anyone here at all? Thank you, Jesus. I think there's a hand, another hand at the back. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every hand that I can see and can't see that, Lord, you see. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, just as you promised, fill them, seal them. Bring them to completion, Lord, in Jesus' name. Fullness of spirit, Father, right now. Amen. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer and maybe I couldn't see your hand, there's going to be a team at the back afterwards. You can come and speak to us. We'll pray with you um, and we'll give you some information about the decision you made. But listen, this is the bit that we want to do now. For those that need a touch of God, that you need a, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need that touch. Listen, I want you to do one thing and it's just come down to the front. There's a team of people down here. There's, there, just, just come down. Anyone, that's it. Just come, come down. There's, there, many people will come. Look, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Paul, I want this road to be filled. And if the guys at the front, Richard, naturally, if you can stand at the front ready just to, to pray. Come on. That if you want a touch of heaven and be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just come down the front now and we're going to pray. Is there anyone else Come on, I believe there's more. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just keep coming. In a moment, Pastor Stu's just going to lead us in a, in a song. And what I want us to do in this moment is to get your focus on him. Focus away from the things, your logic, your understanding, and just look for what he's done in you. Amen. Father, I thank you. Just as we press in right now to look into you, Lord, look to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, fall in this place. We call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. Oh, come on, if you can pray in tongues, just start praying. If you can. Pray.